we are ready for whatever the Lord has for us. Star City, come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's welcome Brother Vinny Azzalini as he comes. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. I'm expecting an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord. Welcome this man of God in Jesus' name. presence of the Lord in this house tonight. Mm. Such a sweet spirit of the Lord. I feel like the Lord wants to minister to us tonight. Amen. Amen. That's how I feel. I, I feel like there would have been a similar atmosphere the night that Jesus got down and began to wash the feet of his disciples. That's what I feel in this place right now. I feel the favor of the Lord upon this congregation. And I feel the spirit of the Lord has moved into this sanctuary over the last hour, half hour. And he wants to minister to you right where you are. Some of you have been convinced that you are isolated and alone. But I want you to know that the Lord sees you right where you are. And he has come into this place to minister to you right where you are. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to give honor to my friend, Pastor Robinson. Love and appreciate him. Uh, it was an honor to connect with him when he was in Columbus. And uh, when I heard that he had taking a pastoral position here uh, I guess he didn't take it but it was given to him <laughs> uh, I'll be real honest with you I knew one day I'm going there <laughs> I'm going there <laughs> I was like my friend has not forgotten about me and I know on one occasion we tried to connect I think it was December of 19 and then it just didn't work out and, but timing is everything and I believe that when I was able to come last October it was in the timing of the Lord and I believe that I'm here today in the timing of the Lord amen amen thank you Jesus would you turn in your Bibles with me this evening to the book of Isaiah chapter 36 Isaiah 36 going to read verses 1 and 2. Amen. So thankful to be in God's house tonight. Mm. Hallelujah. Give honor to all of you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. honor to my wife and children who are at home. They shoulder a load in order for me to be able to answer the call on my life and I'm thankful for them. Hallelujah. Isaiah 36 verses 1 and 2. If you have it, say amen. Now it came to pass in the 14th year of King Hezekiah that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the defensed cities of Judah and took them. He was successful in what he was endeavoring to do. He was successful in his attack. He attained a measure of success in his plan against the people of God. And the king of Assyria sent Rabshakeh from Lachish to Jerusalem unto King Hezekiah with a great army. And he stood by the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord, the remnant of Judah, the remnant 
of Judah. Would you pray with me before we're seated? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be in your house this evening. God, I'm asking a fresh anointing, Lord, upon this service right now. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Lord, that you would release clarity and revelation in this room. God, I pray the ministry of the Word and the Spirit would have free course amongst us here tonight. God, that we would open up our lives and grant you access to every area, to every room of our heart. Lord God, to every place in our past. I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we would open ourselves up uh, to be ministered to you uh, by you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, would you clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated? Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that the king of Assyria had come against the defensed cities of Judah and took them. Defensed cities. That means that these were places that were established. They weren't new. They weren't just up and coming. But these were things that had roots. Things that had been established over time. These were places that people considered to be impenetrable. These were places uh, that people looked to for refuge and for strength. Uh, they were signs in their heritage uh, that these were places of strength. They were representations uh, of past victories, uh, of past conquerings, uh, of things uh, that they had taken and conquested uh, in the past uh, and now stood as a symbol uh, of the kingdom that they represented. Each of us have defensed cities in our life. Mm. Things that have been established over time. Things that we consider to be a point of strength. A place of refuge. A place of establishment. Mm. Hallelujah. And the thing about a defense city is because it's been there a long time, you can begin to take it for granted. It becomes a permanent part of the landscape of your life. Amen? Now the Lord spoke to me in January of this year and he said this year is going to be a year of restoration and return he said it's going to be on January 3rd he said it's going to be a year of answered prayers and fulfilled promises he said, and I'm going to start with restoration. He said, because last year, the adversary came against some defensed cities in the church. Ah, I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord said, I don't want you to spend a lot of time talking about 2020. Is anybody done talking about 2020? I'm not kidding. The Lord was like, if you reference 2020, get through it quickly. Because I'm moving on and you need to move on. So I'm going to move through it quickly. But for the illustration of this sermon, I just want you to think for just a moment about last year. There were some defense cities that came under attack. 
There were some places and some areas of our life that had been established over time that we thought could never be shaken that were shaken last year. There were people in the church that we thought would never leave, that could never be shaken in their faith, that could never fall away. And we watched as they slipped through our fingers last year. We watched as institutions and places and families and marriages and loved ones that we thought would never be moved, be completely shaken by what happened last year. We watched as the adversary came against the defense cities of the church and said, I'm going to take out this pillar of the church that you thought never could be knocked down. I'm going to come against this marriage that you thought could never be shaken. I'm going to come against the children that you thought were on fire and had a future in the kingdom of God. Every defense city in your life, I'm going to attack. That's what happened. That's what happened. Everywhere I went, I would talk to pastors after everything had opened up. And I said, everybody come back. And without fail, no, we still got 20% unaccounted for. 30% unaccounted for. Uh, we got families uh, that we only we only think that they're tuning in online, uh, but we haven't seen them in the building for a long time. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, fear began to creep in uh, to the camp uh, and get a hold of people's hearts uh, and get a hold of people's minds. Uh, and people uh, that we thought could never be shaken in their faith uh, began to be absent uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, in our text the king of Assyria after knocking down all these defense cities sends Rabshaka to Jerusalem with an army he was looking to annihilate Everything that was left and everyone that was left. Ah. He said, I got them where I want them. And some of you stumbled in to 2020. Thinking, God... I can barely think of a reason to get out of bed today. God, I'm so weak and tired in my body. I don't know if I can even make it to your house today. God, what am I even hanging on to? What am I clutching on to? Why should I even show up? Why should I praise? Why should I worship? Why should I give? Why should I keep practicing my faithfulness? I'm going to tell you why. Because there is power in the remnant of your faith. There is power in the little bit that you think you got left over. There is an authority in the remnant that is greater than the adversary wants you to believe. See, you got to understand something about the remnant. The remnant is powerful, and the adversary knows it. You would think, why even bother? After everything he's conquered, after all the territory that he's taken, why even worry? And here you got the people of Jerusalem up on the wall. Jerusalem, the last stand. Ha. What does Jerusalem represent? Ah, Jerusalem 
is the intangibles of what we possess in this room right here. It's the most holy tenets of our faith. When the adversary attacks your life and you feel like everything in the landscape of your environment has devolved into chaos, you still got the name of Jesus. You still got the doctrine. You still you still got righteous living. You still got faithfulness. You still got worship but the enemy wants you to believe that those invisible things those intangible things aren't worth fighting for that they don't have value but the adversary understands that all of your power and authority is in Jerusalem it's in the intangibles that you are holding on to when you're on the wall he understands that it only takes a remnant to change everything Ah. now you know that principle works both ways Paul said a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump that's the remnant principle what was he saying he was saying don't give the adversary one foothold in your life because it's all it takes for him to begin to have access into the atmosphere of your home the the unity of your marriage the consecration of your children the power that you exercise in the Holy Ghost he was saying don't give the enemy one inch in your life that's why when you read through the Old Testament every time the children of Israel was taking new territory the command was always to completely eradicate the inhabitants thereof Mm. I know how we've been conditioned to think, oh, well, we can have mercy, right? What about the women and children? Okay. Let me tell you something. You're in no position to negotiate with the inhabitants thereof. They got a secret agenda that you can't see and that they're not planning to reveal to you. They know, hey, if we can just stay, if the women and children can stay, if they'll just give us a neighborhood, if they'll just give us a house, if they'll just give us an area to live, we know that over the course of time will begin to infiltrate the way that they think will begin to affect the way that they talk will begin to influence the things that they do and eventually we will have an effect on the way they worship the way they preach and what they believe that's why you don't give the enemy one foothold in your life And it's for that same reason (laughs) that Rabshaka showed up to the wall. (laughs) Because the church still had a foothold. And as long as the church has a foothold, it doesn't matter how many defense cities have fallen. Baby, we're set for the greatest comeback that the world has ever seen. hey I'm in the Holy Ghost (laughs) 
Some of you went through some junk the past 12 months. Uh, you went some stuff through some stuff that left you battle weary. And now it feels like Rob Shaka showed up at the foot of the wall. Uh, whoo, that Rob Shaka. One, I'm glad that's not my name. Two. He was devious. Ooh. He knew exactly what he was doing. You know what he did when he showed up? He didn't show up with a plan to attack. He showed up in a posture of intimidation, but not with a plan to attack. He showed up in a posture of intimidation with a plan to negotiate. Ah, he wasn't looking to shed blood that day. Ha. Huh. He said, why don't we figure this out using diplomacy? You know what diplomacy is? It's when both sides lose. He said, hey, I, I understand that we've ruined some of your stuff. We've taken out some of your loved ones. We've knocked down some of the things that you spent generations establishing. Are you hearing me? He said, but I'll tell you what. Since you're in such a weak position, and since we're such merciful people, we've come to negotiate. He said, let me make you an offer. See, the king of Assyria, he owns everything. He's got lands. He's got money. He's got people. He's got everything that your heart could desire. Mm. And the man on the wall looked down at Rabshakeh. And he said, hey. He said, I speak the Assyrian language. He said, why don't you speak to me in your language? Because I don't want my people on the wall to hear what you're saying. You know what the enemy said? He said, I didn't come to talk to you. He said, I came to talk to them. Hey, this ain't in my notes, but I'm going to give it to you for free. Anytime the adversary circumvents the man of God in your life and says, let's negotiate, you know right then and there, you're in a losing deal. You are headed for destruction. That's the way the supplanter works. He doesn't come through the door. He comes over the wall. Y'all can sit down. You ready for a hard left turn? I went to take my mother-in-law car shopping a few weeks ago. Oh, see, I was going to have an altar call. He was feeling it right there. I thought I'd at least get a round of applause or something for that. You know. And... She told me, you know, what she wanted and all that good stuff. And, and so I spent a few weeks searching, trying to get her the right car at the right price. And finally, we determined the day, and we met there at the dealership and came in. And, and uh, we sat down with the nice salesman. And he was trying to convince us and give us all the reasons why we should overpay for the vehicle that she wanted. Right? Oh, man. I'm glad I was there because he had her hook, line, and sinker. 
I mean, he had her scared she was going to lose the car, like somebody was going to show up and buy it out from under her, you know. I'm like, calm down. Don't let them see you sweat. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, this is what we're willing to pay. And I told him. And he said, oh, well, you know, da 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 Can't do that. He said, why don't you write down what you're willing to pay on a piece of paper? I kid you not. I just told him. He said, I want you to write it down, sign it, fold it, and slide it across the table. I'm like, are you about to go talk to the Godfather? I'm like, what's going on? I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. So I slid it across the table. And he does this. He opens it up like it was going to be a surprise. And then he gets up, and you know what he did, right? I got to go talk to the? The manager. I got to go talk to the manager. So we sat there and drank bad coffee for about a half an hour while he went in the manager's office. And, boy, they're just going back and forth, probably talking about sports, you know, not even talking about the car. So he comes back, and he says, okay, this is what we're willing to do. And I looked at my mother-in-law, and I'm telling you, she about jumped out of her seat. She's like, you better take this deal right now. I was like, all right, well, if you're willing, that's fine. What we were doing that day is negotiating. And he was fishing to see how much he could get. Because he knew somewhere under the verbal exchange, there was a bottom line. That he was getting to. When Rob Shaka showed up at the wall that day, he was looking for an undisclosed price tag. He knew that the people on the wall were suffering. He knew they were scared. He knew that they were barely hanging on by a thread. And he came looking to see what's it going to take to get you off the wall. What's it going to take to get you to walk out the back door? What's it going to take for you to walk out on your marriage? What's it going to take to get you to give up on your kids? What's it going to take for you to get to give up on God? What's it going to take for you to walk out the door with that grudge that you've been hanging on to for too long? What's it going to take for you to forfeit your faith? And they gave the best response I've ever seen. The Bible says... They answered him, not a word, not a word. Hey, you really didn't hear me. Not a word doesn't mean no thank you. Not a word doesn't mean I looked at your offer and it's not good enough. Not a word means uh, blocked. Not a word means uh, unfriended. Not a word means uh, I can't even hear you. Not a word means uh, we're not even going to look at you. We're not even going to acknowledge that you're there. You know, when you've entered into a negotiation, the moment you respond... The moment you respond. Some of you have thought you were smart enough to engage the adversary in a negotiation. But I got news for you. You can't outsmart him with your wit. But you can beat him with your worship. If you would make a decision to say, God, I'm going to stay on the wall. There is no price tag on my faith. It doesn't matter what the enemy took from me. Last year, last month, or last week, there is no price tag on my faith. 
the adversary is so scared of the remnant he is more fearful of you than you have ever been of him because he knows that you got the name you got the blood you got the dunamis you got everything that you need in your Jerusalem to completely destroy the enemy's camp God loves using the remnant. It was just five loaves and two fish that fed thousands. It was just 300 against tens of thousands of the enemy. And victory was had. It was just a slingshot and five smooth stones that took down a giant. It was just the jawbone of a donkey that defeated thousands of Philistines. Hey, friend, you may think I'm just hanging on to the jawbone of a donkey if that's all you got that's all God needs to bring victory in your life You notice his positioning. He stood at the conduit of the upper pool. He was threatening their water source. You know, I've looked at several maps and tried to study this conduit of the upper pool. And I'll be honest with you. I have not been able to discover what I was looking for. And I got frustrated. I said, God, I felt like there was something here that I'm just not seeing. I said, because when I look at the map, it looks like the pool's on the inside and the conduit flows and breaks off and goes different places in the city and out of the city. Because the first time I read that, I was thinking that conduit fed water into the city. And he was trying to cut off that water supply. You know what the Holy Ghost said? The Holy Ghost said, Vinny, it doesn't matter which way (laughs) or where the pool was. The point is, all he had to do was stop the flow. He said whether the water was flowing out or flowing in, if he stopped the flow, that water would stagnate and be no good. He cut Mighty God. You don't understand what I'm saying to you tonight. When you come into the house of God and you feel that heaviness on your spirit and that weariness in your body and the adversary comes up and sits next to you and says, why don't you just take it easy? You've had a hard week. You don't need to shout. You don't need to lift your hands. You don't need to worship. You don't need to shout amen. Why don't you just sit back and drink it in? and be fed. You know what the enemy's doing? He's creeping up on the conduit of the upper pool. He's trying to deceive you and stop the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. That's why it matters every time you come to the house of God that you worship, that you dance, that you lift your hands and shout amen. What are you doing? You are perpetuating the flow of the spirit see because he didn't have access to the upper pool it was behind the wall that's what was confusing me 
I was like, well, he don't have access to the pool. They're good. I was like, no, they're not. He don't need access to the upper pool. He just needs access to the flow. And if you allow the adversary to cut off the flow, you know what happens? All of a sudden, instead of walking in the spirit, you begin to walk in the flesh. And your attitude begins to change. And your heart begins to deceive you. And now you open yourself up to offense and bitterness and grudges. And when all of that happens, do you know what else happened? Your ears begin to open up to the offers that Rob Shaka is making outside the wall. You may have felt like you lost everything, but as long as you got the flow, honey, you're going to be all right. As long as you got the flow, victory is a certainty for you. As long as you got the flow, you will have victory. Amen. Oh, come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands to the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. Come on, why don't we just get that flow going for a minute? Why don't we just get that flow? Why don't we get that river moving? Now, let me tell you about Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a realist. Sorry, I had to catch my breath. Hmm. Faith will keep you on the wall, but you also need a Hezekiah. That'll look at the situation and realize we got a problem. Right? Evangelists will come and preach faith up and down, but on Monday, pastor's like, look, these are the facts and we have to deal with them. That was Hezekiah. And Hezekiah knew exactly what to do with his very real problem. He came to the house of the Lord. And he said, God, we're outgunned. We're outnumbered. And we're outmatched. They're bigger. They're badder. And there's more of them. He said, God, we need a miracle. And the Bible says that he brought his petition before the Lord. Sometimes you got to get real with God. You get that river flowing, you get that faith moving, and then you get yourself to an altar and say, God, now it's time to get real. I got faith, the river's moving. But I still need a miracle right here. God, I have faith to believe. Lord, but if you don't move in this situation right here, then there's going to be devastation in my life. God, yes, I got faith, but I need you to save my marriage. God, I got faith, but I need Jehovah Jireh to show up and supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory God I got faith but I need you to reach my daughter to reach my son they're in the pits God I need you 
Hezekiah showed up in the house of God with his petition and he said God I've been faithful God we have served you God we've done everything that we know to do we answered him not a word now we need you to show up I'm going to tell you right now if you do what Hezekiah did God will answer God will answer Isaiah said it like this for the Lord God will help me therefore shall I not be confounded therefore have I set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed honey you gotta have confidence that God is gonna show up on your behalf Isaiah 37, begin with verse 31. He needed an answer, and he got one. Are you ready for it? And the remnant. Look at your neighbor and say, that's me. That is escaped. You know, I can stop and preach that right there. The enemy makes you feel like you're already destroyed. You're not already destroyed. You escaped. That's why you're on the wall. And the remnant uh, that is escaped of the house of Judah uh, shall again uh, take root downward uh, and bear uh, fruit uh, upward. Some of you believe the lies uh, that your best days were behind you. Uh, I got news for you, friend. Uh, in this last hour, uh, in this harvest, uh, in this latter rain, uh, the remnant uh, is going to take root uh, downward uh, and bear uh, fruit uh, upward. For out of Jerusalem, that's us, shall go forth a remnant, that's us. And they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. The zeal. We talk about his goodness. We talk about his faithfulness. And we talk about his mercy. But I think we ought to start talking about the zeal of the Lord. Because he is zealous for his people. And he's just looking for an opportunity to jump right in the middle of your chaos. And release an answer. Said the zeal of the Lord shall do this. You know what that means? That means I'm going to take my hands off it. And let God do it. I don't know who this is for. But he don't need your help. When God says he's getting ready to answer, he doesn't need you to manage it. He doesn't need you to direct it. He needs you to step back and say, God, I tried it my way for years. I'm going to let go and let God. I'm going to see what the zeal of the Lord will do in my situation. The zeal of the Lord shall do this therefore therefore I love me a therefore therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king 
of Assyria. Therefore, and any of you ever heard that law? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, right? You understand that our culture is trying to take that away? What is happening? You need to understand huh, that the confusion huh, that is being spoken huh, over society every single day huh, is to make us believe huh, that there are no consequences, huh, that, that there are no reactions, huh, that it doesn't matter what you do, huh, it's not going to affect huh, anything else. Huh, but I see a therefore huh, in the word of God huh, when a man of God huh, came before the altar of God uh, and laid out a petition uh, before God. Uh, God showed up uh, and said, therefore, uh, therefore, uh, because uh, you stood on the wall, uh, because uh, you were faithful, uh, because uh, you petitioned me, uh, I got a therefore uh, for your situation. Therefore, Thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not, he shall not, he shall not, he shall not come in to this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. You can sit down. I wasn't planning to preach every verse. <clears throat> but let's get real. We saw stuff affect the church last year that we have never seen before. Churches were shut down. Pastors were arrested. Altars were empty. Pulpits were silent. And now we are operating with this lingering thought in the back of our mind. What's going to happen next? How long before they do this? And how long before they do that? Y'all remember Goshen, don't you? Mm, there was a hedge around Goshen. Do you really think we're going to see a ladder rain with empty pulpits and silent preachers and, and altars that aren't fruitful? Oh, no, my friend. I got news for you. God, the zeal of the Lord has already been stirred on behalf of his people. And he has risen up and said, hey, I'm going to draw a line around my church. And the enemy shall not, shall not, shall not, shall not enter therein. He won't even be able to fire an arrow over the wall. He will not have access to the church. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a lie from the enemy that says you need to operate with caution. I saw the word wisdom get real twisted last year. Oh. I wonder what it felt like in Egypt when darkness fell but way over in Goshen there was a light in the window hey friend God has not forgotten about the church he is raising a 
you go ahead and be bold. You go ahead and exercise your faith. You go ahead and lift up your voice. You go ahead and declare the works of God. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return and shall not come in to this city, saith the Lord. Saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. For my own sake. You know what that means? That means he loves you more than you love him. That means he loves you so much he's going to save you for himself. I'm not going to let the enemy walk up in your house and mess up your marriage. I'm not going to let the enemy come in and start messing with your kids. I'm not going to allow the devourer to start playing games with your finances. I'm not going to allow infirmity to sweep in to the camp of the children of Israel. I am going to Offend. How many of you know the end of the story? Uh, then the angel of the Lord went forth. You know why you've struggled with clarity? You know why you've been battling confusion? Because the angels of the Lord have been released into the atmosphere, into Akandoroshaya, to take new territory. And there were battles that were being fought in the atmosphere all around you. But I say to you now that God has established his authority, his reign, and his rule in your harvest field. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. The Lord is with you then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and four score and five thousand and when they arose in the morning behold they were all dead corpses a hundred and eighty-five thousand dead Assyrian. Victory, victory shall be mine. Victory, victory shall be mine. Victory, victory shall be mine. 